talking about for the last, this is our fourth week, and talking about forgiveness and unity. We've talked about needing blueprints and tools to complete the bridge. Uh, last week, we talked about there are times that sometimes you got to rebuild. You know, when you're sitting there working on something, you get to a point and you realize, oh no, I've left this out. You have to go and take everything back out and start all over, right? It's a rebuilding process, things when, when mistakes are made. And today, we want to conclude this series by looking at ways that we can break barriers. There are barriers in this life, in this world, that keeps us from being united with people that maybe have different beliefs than us. This world that we live in is is divided, especially here in the United States. We're divided over politics. We're divided over the different political issues that we face every single day. We're divided on uh, social issues and race issues and financial issues and wealth issues or you know we can go on and on and on and talk about the different things that we are divided and what are barriers that keeps us from uniting with other people but today we're going to talk about something someone that can break help us to break those barriers and draw that bridge so that we can be united with other people and that's Jesus Christ amen We may have differences in all these areas. We may have differences in all these political areas. But one thing that can join us with each other, with together, the one thing is Jesus. He is that one thing that can help us to come together and unite over. During World War II, Hitler commanded all religious groups to unite so that he could control them. And among the brethren assemblies, half complied and half refused. Those who went along with the order had a much easier time, and those who did not, they faced harsh persecution. In almost every family of those who resisted, someone died in a concentration camp. And when the war was over, feelings of bitterness, it ran deep between the groups And there was much tension. And finally they decided that the situation had to be healed. So what did they do? The leaders from each group, they met at Light of Christ Christ commands. Then they came together. Francis uh, Schaeffer, who told of the incident, asked a friend who was there. He said, what did you do then? And they said this. We were just one, he replied. As they confessed their hostility... And their bitterness to God, and they yielded to his control. The Holy Spirit created a spirit of unity among them. Love filled their hearts, and it dissolved their hatred. You see, here's the truth. When love prevails, especially in times of strong disagreements, it presents to the world an indisputable mark of a true follower of Jesus Christ. And so when we come together and we break down barriers, or if you want to say walls, we show love and we reconcile with each other, we become united. Amen? And so unity, harmony, peace, these are all trademarks of the kingdom of God, right? These are trademarks. These are what God wants. God doesn't want us to be divided. He wants us to be in unity with one another. He wants us to not have these walls, to not have these barriers that keeps us from reaching out, from showing love and ministering to those around us. So go with me to one of Paul's letters, to one of the churches that he started. It's in the, it's, uh, it's 
It is the letter to the church of Ephesus. So the book of Ephesians, and I'm going to go to chapter 2, and I'm going to begin reading at verse 11. Ephesians chapter 2. So Ephesians chapter 2, beginning at verse 11. It says, Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands. Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope, and without God in the world. So I'm going to pick this back up in just a second. But in our text here, Paul is addressing the Gentiles. And these pious Jews, these religious leaders that they thought, I am, I know everything. You know, I am this close. God's here. And this is, I'm, you know, so these guys that thought they knew it all. They knew that they were close. And they considered all of the Gentiles to be outsiders because they were uncircumcised. These people, they're not like us, you know. And the Jews, they erred. They were so proud of their circumcision and believing that circumcision was sufficient to make them godly that in their minds, the body change was enough. They didn't have the heart change. They thought, this is all we need. This makes us closer to God. So compared to the Jews, there were many disadvantages that the Gentiles had against them. And during this time... They were living apart from Christ. They, they had no expectation of a Messiah. It wasn't like they were waiting on a Messiah. The, the Gentiles didn't even think anything about a Messiah. Um, they were excluded from God's people, Israel. They weren't a part of that. The Gentiles, they did not know the promises that God had made to Israel. They were without God and they were without hope. There was no hope for the Gentiles to find the one true God, or to obtain anything beyond physical life in this world. But it doesn't end there, you see. God himself intervenes. And if you were to look up the word reconcile in the Greek, you would find the word, and I'm going to butcher this, katalasso, sounds good to me, which is an intensified word that describes an exchange. It was originally used to describe two people exchanging money. The New Testament picks it up in its description of people exchanging an old way of life for new. Now, think about two people who exchange their different positions for the same position. And that's kind of where this is, I know that don't make sense, does it? Two people exchanging their positions for the same positions. Trading in an old life for a new life. That's kind of what this was referring to. 2 Corinthians 5.18 says, All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So as we are breaking barriers, we're building bridges, we must look to Christ as an example when we begin the process of reconciling. So it's a process. It's something. It's not going to happen overnight, right? 
If we have bitterness or we have anger or, uh, or hurt towards somebody, uh, it's not going to just you know, happen overnight. Well, it's, it's okay. Everything is great. It doesn't always happen that way. There's a process. You have the blueprints. You have the plans. You, you have the right tools. Now you must understand that in Christ we have the gift of reconciliation. Because of Christ, we can reconcile with one another. We're called to be ministers of reconciliation. We're called to be facilitators of divine exchange. We are to help people move from their old life to a new life in Christ. That's our, that is our job. We're to help one another. We're to strengthen one another. We have to sometimes put our differences aside and understand that Jesus Christ is what can unite us with one another. Amen? But we're to help move the broken, think about this, to help them become whole again. We're to help people to no longer be offended and hurt to now being forgiven and set free. And Jesus helps us to do this. He gave us the example for us to be ministers of reconciliation. Now, some of you have probably heard of Corey Ten Boone. And in one of the most powerful stories of reconciliation that I've ever heard, she meets her concentration camp prison guard after a talk that she gives on forgiveness. And the, and the guard comes to her and asks her forgiveness. And as Ten Boom uh, reaches out her hand to accept, this is what she describes. She says this. And so woodenly, mechanically, I thrust my hand into the one stretched out to me, and as I did, an incredible thing took place. The current started in my shoulder. It raced down my arm. It sprang into our joined hands, and then this healing warmth seemed to flood my whole whole being, bringing tears to my eyes. I forgive you, brother, I cried, with all my heart." Think about that. A concentration camp survivor being reconciled to her Nazi guard. That is an incredible exchange. It is only in and through the power of Christ that something like that can happen. Amen? That is the only way something like that can happen. But God's work of reconciliation, it's not only between singular persons, although that is probably most how often it happens, Uh, It's also between groups of people that are at odds, such as the Jews and the Gentiles were in the days of Paul. Now, reconciliation, it's it's a powerful thing. And the power, it's rooted in Christ. Christ is the one that, that starts this. And Jews and Gentiles, they didn't see eye to eye with each other. But Jesus' death on the cross, it brought them together. And I want you to look at the rest of our text, beginning at 13. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. It says, but now, and I want you to remember those two words, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Amen. For he himself is our peace who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh The law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. 
and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. So I love how Paul changes the narrative here in this text. Remember those two words that I said to remember. Those words, they're found in verse 13. But now, but now, those two little words, they reveal God's intervention from heaven to earth and the entire story of redemption. And then there's two more words that were in that same verse. And it's far and near. And these words describe the position of Gentiles and Jews in relation to God. So to take those who were far away and bring them near to him could only happen because of the blood of Christ. Now, salvation could come only through Jesus' death on the cross. Amen? Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22 says, In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Jesus went to the cross and reconciled us to the Father. We sang about it this morning. The cross has the final word. When Jesus went to that cross and died on that cross, he brought forgiveness so that we can show love and forgiveness to those that even though they've done us wrong, even though there's barriers that have been created, we can break that, those barriers and come and bring reconciliation with those that may have done us wrong. And it's okay that we can show them forgiveness every once in a while. Amen? It's okay that we can extend the hand of forgiveness or ask for forgiveness. Ask them to forgive you for whatever you may have done. Because Jesus went to the cross. Jesus went to the cross. He reconciled us to the Father. He, was, he built that divine bridge, amen, where there was only a, a great chasm that separated us. The cross became the bridge. And that we needed that to walk over to God. Jesus defeated the great divide that stands between us and God that sin created. There's a true story of a man named Billy Neal Moore. And he would find both Jesus in prison and ultimately find his victim's parents to be his greatest advocate. And when Billy Neal Moore was in jail awaiting trial in which he would be sentenced to death, a minister shared with him the good news that Jesus loved him and wanted to forgive his sins. And Moore learned that no one is beyond redemption. And from prison he wrote to his victim's family and asked for their forgiveness. That's, that'd be tough, wouldn't it? But astoundingly, they immediately wrote back to say that they were Christians and that they forgave him. And then the family decided to petition. So they, they don't just forgive this man. I want you to hear this. The family decided to petition the Georgia Parole Board to commute Moore's death sentence. And in 1991, Moore was paroled from prison, transformed by the grace of God and his victim's family members. And this is what he said. When I was released, they embraced me like a brother. You see, Moore, this is, uh, he, he has been preaching now the gospel. I, I, I haven't looked up to see uh, if he's still doing this, but a forgiveness, to, he was able to preach to school children and to church groups ever since. And much like Moore, when we come to Christ, we realize that in him 
we can break any barrier, amen? Any hostility. Now, I don't know about you, but that's, that's a tough thing to think about. Think about if someone killed your family. We want them to pay. Well, shoot, we want them to pay if they've done something minor to us, don't we? Well, they need to pay for that, you know? How dare they do that to me? And it's hard for us to sometimes to extend that hand of forgiveness and to break any barriers. You know, we get divided over so many things nowadays. I get so tired of reading social media. There's more division on social media than there is grace or forgiveness or mercy or love. You know, this platform that we have that we can talk to anybody, anywhere, at any time, and yet we use it for more division than we do for unity we should use these things these tools that i believe that uh god has put in place i believe that god has control over everything i believe that he knows you say yeah but they're secular companies yeah but doesn't mean that we can't use them for good and i believe that these tools that are available to us today more so than ever we can use for things like bringing unity and bringing grace and bringing mercy and bringing love and, and all these things. And let's keep the dividing walls away from us. But Moore had this barrier of prison and bitterness. And it was based on his actions. But he was able to come closer to God in order to reconcile a relationship that was severed by murder. So think about all the relationships from your past. What barriers are there that have been built that can only come down by the power of Jesus? Are you choosing to seek Jesus as your barrier breaker or are you using some other means? Anything less than Christ. Now hear me out. Anything less than Christ will not do. You can try everything in the world you want. But the only thing that's going to help you to bridge that gap is Jesus Christ. Amen? That's the only thing that's going to unite you with those people that may have done you wrong. John 15, 5 says, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus died on the cross. That work became the common ground of salvation for both the Jews and the Gentiles. And because of this work, there is no longer any dividing wall between us today. Amen? He broke down that wall. The wall that separated them is gone because Jesus is greater than any form of division. Romans 12.5 says, So in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Think about the church for a moment. The church, if not, we are supposed to be unified as one body. Amen? Do we all agree that? It doesn't matter. And I I, I go beyond not just this church. I'm talking about the church. Everybody that belongs to Christ. We are to be united. We may have some differences and we may look at scriptures a little bit and interpret them differently but we are all to be united in Christ amen and yet we're distinct as individual members of the church none of us are alike we're all different we all look everybody you can look at each other 
And you can see the differences, right? We, I don't, I'm looking in here, I don't see nobody with the same shirt on this morning. There's a difference there. Some of us, you know, we have dark-colored hair. Some of us have light-colored hair. Some of us don't have any hair, you know. Uh, it just depends, right? We're all different. We all have differences. And in the body of Christ, there's unity but no uniformity. We err when we neglect either aspect too, okay? And so unity should never be prompted at the expense of individuality, and individuality should never uh, diminish the church's essential unity in Christ. And although we are different individuals, Christ is our common ground, amen? And I believe that we can all agree on that, right? So we may have difference in opinions, we, we, we dress differently, we look differently, so we're different, but yet Christ, we can all agree that he is the Savior of the world, and so therefore we're one body in Christ. Galatians chapter 3 verse 28 says, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So diversity in the body was God's plan from the very beginning. Right? If not, he had made us all look the same. Anybody ever played that, seen that book, uh, Where's Waldo? Y'all know what I'm talking about. He's dressed the same and you got all and you're looking at this and it's all red and white and you're trying to find Waldo in this little bitty picture and there's just one Waldo and there'll be a bunch of people that look like him but they're not Waldo right because they're all different it's all diverse and you're trying and so I kind of figure that we're all different enough that if you put somebody that was similar to us it would be hard to find that one particular person right if you put us all in a pile like you like they do on that Waldo thing and so I'm thinking, we're all different. We all have our differences, but we are all united by Christ. Diversity in the body, that was God's plan, amen? However, listen to me, division was not. He never wanted us to be divided. And it's important for you to understand the difference when you consider the job of bridge building and reconciliation and forgiveness. In other words, I'm not like you, you're not like me, and that's what makes this world great, and it's, and it, and it's, that, it's that we're not all alike, amen? I don't want you to be like me. Man, that'd be a sad place if everybody was like me. <laughs> hey, I didn't ask for that you got to know when to say amen and when not to. No. <laughs> but we have different personalities. We have different political views. We have different lifestyles. And I could sit there and go on and on and on. But we have one common ground, and that is Jesus. Amen? amen. Jesus is the one thing that can unite us with each other. And so a lot of times, let's just leave the little arguments aside, and let's come and let's talk about Jesus. Amen? Let's talk about Jesus and how he come to save this world and how he loves us and how he cares for us and how he wants the greatest things that we could possibly ever imagine for all of us and he wants something great for all of us and let's unite on Jesus, amen? Don't let those divisions, those dividing walls keep us from the reason that why we were here. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. 
So the only hope that we have in this world is Jesus, and so we need to unite on that front. But this division that we see in this world, it's not of God. Division and hostility are far from the heart of God, but reconciliation is the heartbeat of the kingdom. So I want to finish with this. A.W. Tozer, he said this, Has it ever occurred to you that 100 pianos all tuned to the same fork are automatically tuned to each other? They are of one accord by being tuned not to each other but to another standard to which each one must individually bow. So 100, I love this, so 100 worshipers meeting together each one looking to, looking to Christ are in, heart, are in heart nearer to each other than they could ever possibly be. Think about that for a moment. It's a reminder to us that when we tune ourselves to Christ, the one who is our example, he's our teacher, he's our leader, he's our rabbi when we are all pointed towards him and we're worshiping him and we're praising him and we're magnifying him and we are giving lifting our hands to him we're singing songs to him guess what we're all in unity together amen and we're closer to each other than we could ever be by any other means Jesus is the key. He's the center. He is our example. He's given us the greatest blueprint of all time. He has the plans that we need to follow. However, in order to follow, we must be willing to take action. We must be willing to get out of our comfort zones and our routines and and everything that we're so comfortable with. And we must be in pursuit of forgiveness and healing. Amen? And I told you about the prodigal son last week, and just like the father in the story, you and I, we run towards reconciliation. We extend our hand in the process, and we celebrate when relationships are healed. Healing is at the heart of the father. Reconciliation is the ministry he's given us, amen? So here's your homework. We like homework, right? (laughs) Homework's good for you. Number one, make plans to come back next week. We're going to begin a new series. We're going to be talking about what God says about your money, about money in general. But number two, here's what you can do this week. I want you to think about this question. What can you do today to build a bridge? What can you do today to close the gap and decrease the chasms around you? It's going to take intentionality, it's going to take grit, and it's going to take one person at a time, amen? Just like Rome wasn't built in a day, you will not be able to complete a bridge in a day. But you can start today, and you can be intentional about reconciliation. I want to remind you of what Mary said, Mary's words to the angels in Luke chapter 1 verse 37, for with God... Nothing will be impossible. So if you're thinking that the division and the walls that have been built between you and that person will never come down, then I say to you that nothing is impossible with God. Amen? Amen. Nothing is impossible with God. Work on building those bridges now. One step at a time. One tool at a time.
one plan at a time, one day at a time. You know, it's not going to happen overnight, but you can do something. Be intentional about starting a repair, about building that bridge. Get the job done and start this week. Can we pray? God, I thank you for this time that we've been here today. And God, I pray for every person that's here. God, if there's any dividing walls that have been built up, God, I pray that those walls would crumble today. I pray that those walls would fall. I pray that those walls would be diminished and they can start that reconciliation, start that process. They can break those barriers down. Just as you divided two great groups of people together to come over one common purpose then we as a, as a country, as a nation, as a church, as a, as, a, as a body of believers, God, then we can learn to unite over the fact that you are Lord and you are Savior and you love us and you care for us and you want the best for us. So God, we give you praise and we give you glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God's good, amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I want to take a moment and turn over uh, this portion of the service. We have uh, n- newly, I guess you're newly appointed missionaries still. Uh, you've been doing it for about a year now or so, or getting close, May. So not even, so wow, just a few months. But they're going to come and share their heart with you uh, for Africa of what God is doing. And uh, so I'm just going to let them come at this time and share with you. Thank you, Pastor, and what a great word, amen? amen. That, that lays the groundwork for revival, amen, when everybody gets together on the same page. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much for having us today. So good to be in the presence of the Lord. I must tell you, before we get into our presentation, I was reminded of something sitting there on the front as we were worshiping and in the presence of the Lord. Brother Greg, you may remember this. There was a meeting we were having. I was a sectional presbyter some years ago, and it was as you guys were here and things were laying the groundwork for growth, and uh, we had a meeting or a training here on a Saturday, and I remember we, at the close of that meeting, we had a prayer right down here, and I was standing beside Ernie Aldridge, and the anointing, I remember that day, was just so strong. We were praying in the spirit, and Brother Ernie had such an intercessory spirit for this church and growth here, and we were praying And the Lord showed me something that uh, has only happened a few times in my experience. But we were here praying, and I saw a body of water. And in that body of water, there was a ripple. And the Lord began to say that there was a tsunami of revival that was coming to this church. And God just, I just began to weep and began to cry. And I shared that with Brother Ernie and those that were there. So I just want to encourage you today, dear friends, that God has still a plan that he's going to bring something to pass. There's a a tsunami of revival, I believe, that's coming to this church. So just be encouraged by that. Amen. And the Lord just reminded me of that as we were worshiping today. So I just... I know the Lord wanted me to share that with you, so praise the Lord. God's good all the time, amen? But we are Kenny and Denise Manus. We have went crazy. We have lost our minds. We've actually had people say, are you crazy? Are you having a midlife crisis? But I'm glad to tell you today that after 30 years of pastoring First Assembly Paris, God has called us to full-time missions, and we are as excited as kids at Christmas, excited to see what God has in store for us. But uh, over the last couple of years, 
the Lord just began to stir our hearts that there was a change coming in our ministry. And we began to seek the Lord and pray about that. And as the Lord was reminding us there was a change coming, our love and passion for missions just began to grow. And we had the opportunity to go on several missions trips. And each time we would come back, all I wanted to do was wash clothes, repack, and get back on a plane to go build a church somewhere or go tell someone about Jesus. So we began to realize God was genuinely speaking to us about going into full-time missions and we had to pray through a lot of things because we were pastoring a church. And, of course, we were, had grandchildren and grandchildren on the way and had bought our property to retire at. But when God says go, he works everything out. Amen. So we're excited to be on that journey. Our mission in Africa is going to be fourfold. We will be training churches and pastors with the Acts 2 journey model. The uh, church has grown so exponentially in Africa that you have pastors who have maybe been believers only one year or two years and they need basic Bible training and encouragement and God's called us to do that. Also we'll be working with Africa Tabernacle Evangelism. We will be planting churches and building churches there based in Lusaka, Zambia. Also they've asked us to do something that I believe is very special to our heart. They've asked us to pastor the younger missionaries who are fresh out of Bible college or fresh out of Chi Alpha who've not had any pastoral experience to come alongside them and encourage them and remind them to stay on the right track, to encourage them that everything's going to be all right as they follow the Lord. And then also mobilization is one of our callings. God has laid upon our heart to help people in that next step. You know, so many people want to be involved in missions. They want to be hands-on, but they don't know what that next step might be, whether that be a short-term situation or whether it be a long-term situation. So if you are interested at all in working in Africa or the mission field, we would like to have a conversation with you to help you find that next step. We would love to see a group of people come from Section 5 South to come and build a church in Zambia, Africa. We would just be thrilled to host that, so we're excited about that. Now you can pray for us. We are need your prayers and we've been traveling every week preaching in different churches getting ready to go to Africa but we need your prayers we're going to be ministering to people that have been bound by witchcraft for generation after generation but it is amazing to be able to go and preach the gospel to those people and see them throw away their witchcraft trinkets and lift their hands in praise and freedom to the Lord Jesus Christ so we're so excited to get to be a part of that but uh, I like to add this little funny part about that. You need to pray for me especially because the last time I was in Zambia back in November on the very same day, I was chased by a bull elephant and a female hippopotamus. But I'm here today to tell the story that I survived that. And uh, I can tell you more about that. I won't go into all the detail, but it's quite funny. You've never seen a little chubby guy move so fast as when that elephant came after me, I promise you. But thank you so much for having us. Thank you for the presence of the Lord and, and the excitement that's in this church about future revival. God bless you. Here's Sister D. She would like to share her part. You might need to pray for me and not him. <laughs> uh, let me just, again, say thank you for opening up your pulpit to us for a few minutes, and we're thankful and, and very honored to be here. Uh, he said we had bought our retirement property. We were planning because we just didn't know what else to do. We'd been there that long, and we were planning to, we had bought our property, and 
had kind of set things up for the next step that appeared to be retirement. Uh, we'd put in our years, you know, uh, how many of you working a secular job, you put in so many years and then you retire and you travel or you uh, play with grandkids or whatever. That's where we were. And that would have been the easy way. But, you know, God does not always answer in an easy fashion when you ask him what the next step in the next season is. So I'm just telling you, don't be surprised by what he answers. And um, so we are selling out. We've sold out to him, and now we're selling out physical things, and we're headed to the mission field Many have said we're crazy, and we know that. We, we know that that's not the normal progression of things, but we are crazy about hearing and following the voice of God. And we believe that the Great Commission is relevant to every believer, and we all have a part to play in the Great Commission. Uh, each one of us has a part to play. And so when we ask God what our part was, he said, go. And we're willing. I was thinking about one of the songs that we sang this morning. And it said, I'm not enough unless you come. I'm not enough to go on my own. And honestly, I'm not enough to stay on my own if it's God's will for me to go. Think about that for a minute. I cannot manufacture enough grace if I've asked God his will. And I refuse to follow his will. And that applies to all of us. So we've got to follow his will. Because we're, we're not enough on our own. We can't do it by ourselves. But when we ask the Holy Spirit to come and help us, what a transformation there is, not only in us, but in those around us. And that unity comes. Those barriers are broken. And we're excited to see the barriers of sin broken and, and to see a healthy church within walking distance of every African. Oh, I forgot my... <laughs> I do better with a list than I do without a list. I get lost if I don't have this. Um, So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you a couple announcements, give you time to figure out how you can help their ministry. And then we're going to take up an offering. Oh, so here's the announcements. Tomorrow, make plans to be here for Candyland. I need everybody here. Whether you're here to hand out candy, give somebody a high five, make a relationship with somebody, talk to them, build that bond, whatever it is. We're going to be here, and if you can get here at two, we're going to decorate it too. If you can't be here at 2, be here about 5. We'll start ministering to the public at 5.30. This is a ministry. This is not just handing out candy to a bunch of kids. Okay? 
It's a ministry. So if, you, if, you, if you're thinking that you're just handing out candy, you're just showing up to hand out candy, put that out of your mind. This is a ministry, okay? This is a ministry. You're going to be building relationships of people that could potentially come to the church. It's, it's, you're building relationships to people that could potentially, uh, that may not know Jesus, that may, because of some candy thing that a church had, we started attending and our life has been changed. So I need you here tomorrow, okay? I need everybody here tomorrow to be a part of that. And, uh, and it's not too late to call friends and family and invite them to come and be a part of it. So um, our ushers, they're going to be at the back to receive your tithes and offerings. If you, are, uh, if you would like to give to our missionaries this morning, uh, you can mark missions on the envelope. There's also a, on, if you're giving online, there's a place there that you can pick missionary and uh, give to them online. We also have a, uh, a secure box out in the foyer that you can drop it off in there if you miss our ushers at the back. So can we all stand? And there's also, be sure to go by, and, and they have prayer cards out there at their table. You can go out there and spend some time talking to them after service and uh, all that. And so, uh, yes, we can. Come on up, Bill. Let's pray over the offering. God, we just thank you for this time that you've allowed us to be here today. God, I pray that you bless this offering. 
Bless each and every person that gives this morning, God. I pray that you would go with them as they go from this place, God, to do the work that you've called them to do, to be who you want them to be, God. I pray that you be with every person here, God. God, that as they give, God, that you just pour out blessings upon them, God. And God, as throughout their week, God, I pray that you'd bless them, Lord God. And God, I pray that you